But I ain't a conspiracy theory. I'm real. And I'm standing right here. And I know what the truth is. I knocked the shit out of this Chinese virus after about a week. When we talk about black magic, we are talking about Satanism, necromancy, alchemy, witchcraft, the worship of Satan, and the worship of dark forces. Welcome to the Wet Wired Podcast, Episode 4, Negative 48 and the Resurrection of JFK. I'm Sean Andes. And I'm Julian Paul Butt. We're going to do a little bit of current news coverage of Negative 48. That's the QAnon crowd that has been gathered in Dallas since November 22nd where they have been eagerly awaiting the return of JFK, or JFK Jr., or Richard Pryor, or Robin Williams, (laughs) or Prince. Basically, anybody that was popular for people over the age of 60. Any, any, Any stars that you remember, if you're over 60 years old, from your younger years, is going to be showing up somewhere around... The downtown Dallas metro area. So if you want to, uh, if you want to gather, then uh, you can you can find the negative forty eight crowd. So h- hilarity and joking aside, this group has taken somewhat of a darker turn recently, and I suppose I should back up a little bit and talk about who some of these people are. The negative forty eight group could be considered a subgroup of QAnon followers. They have a, a lasting fascination with sort of a mythological version of Donald Trump, uh, believing that JFK Jr. is going to come back to life or he hasn't really been dead. He just escaped the deep state or the Illuminati and has been hiding out on an island somewhere. Nevertheless, he is going to return. He is going to temporarily retake the presidency of the United States, even though he is going to be something around 104 years old. Is, is going that not hold, JFK? This is JFK. Okay. Um, but there's also JFK, JFK Jr. involved. Or, or, or JFK Jr. There are some people that they think that, is, you know, are JFK Jr. that have just been living in disguise. There's a couple of people, including Negative 48 himself, because Negative 48 is a person as or at least a Twitter handle or a Telegram handle, as well as the name of the group. So negative 48, the person is somebody who is also considered to be JFK Jr. in disguise. Uh, This is a man who is generally referred to as a QAnon promoter. Uh, His name is Michael Brian Protzman. He's been covered in a number of places, but he's been followed closely and as well as the, you know, the entire actions of this group have been followed closely by Will Sommer and he's a reporter for the Daily Beast. And he's done a really good job keeping track of the goings on of this group of people, mainly because like from the very beginning, they just smacked of maybe something darker than what we've seen from these other QAnon believers. For one, largely. They've been in Dallas 
staying in Airbnbs and hotels and camping out on uh, friendly landowners' property since November 22nd. Another way that this has taken sort of a darker turn is that this figure of you know, of you know Michael Protzman or this individual Michael Protzman, he's got nearly a hundred thousand followers on Telegram. That's not a small amount. You know, he he sort of came onto this scene relatively quickly. This is not a this is not somebody who has been a prominent voice in in you know in QAnon circles or a prominent QAnon uh, promoter from the beginning. For the you know, like some of the people have been. He also has a particular angle that the others don't have quite the same affinity for, and that's this. Uh, I don't know what to call it. Is it a skill? Is it a you know a fascination? I suppose with gematria. What is that? Gematria is it's a more complicated term for numerology. Basically, every word has a numerical quality to it because each oh, letter has this. because each letter is assigned a number. He makes these he adds these things up and comes to conclusions based on the number on the on the summation of these particular words and these sentences and then paragraphs and so on and so forth. I heard a video of him that had been posted to his Telegram channel where, and this is something that's unique to him as well. He does these sort of like live gematria readings where he'll just take, <laughs> he'll just riff off of something. And in this case, he was at a, he was at like a steakhouse. He was reading off of a menu and he started adding up the numbers on the menu. Yeah. You know, the words from the menu items and came to a conclusion about something. I don't remember what that was. Obviously, the conclusions don't matter at all. What really is fascinating is that he has dove so deep into this, you know, into this sort of numerology, and that it seems to be, among a couple of other things, a defining feature of his, I suppose, attraction or charisma that these people extend to him, these followers. Yeah. I've listened to him talk. I don't consider him to be a very charismatic speaker in any particular way. He mostly sounds like he's intoxicated. I don't know <laughs> if he is, but he mostly sounds like he is. What he's saying is just absolute nonsense. This is from a from a November 2nd article in the Daily Beast from Will Sommer. QAnon promoter Michael Brian Protzman, who has more than 100,000 followers with the Negative 48 channel, has used numerology to argue that the Kennedys are descendants of Jesus Christ. On Monday, Protzman met with his fans in Dallas and performed numerolog numerological equation on a fan's t-shirt with, with a Sharpie. This is what I'm talking about, this sort of live gematria reading. He'll just yeah. take somebody's shirt and he'll say, you know, this means this. During the celebration, Protzman wore a pen that said, I'm just a dumbass, surrounded with numbers referencing his group's numerological beliefs. The Dallas QAnon believers had become convinced the Kennedys would unveil themselves on November 2nd around 12.30 p.m. Central Time, right around the hour of Kennedy's assassination. Well, that's the anniversary of the hour of Kennedy's assassination. But they begin to add on other dead celebrities, convinced that they too would reappear, having faked their deaths to avoid the deep state. They begin to pick out random people they encountered in the Dallas area as celebrities in disguise, claiming one man was comedian Robin Williams and another comedian Richard Pryor. 
Still, some skepticism began to break in. During the Monday Night Live stream, some audience members became frustrated by their leader's refusal to peg the Kennedy's reappearance to a specific time and date. Them getting frustrated at his failure at prophecy. No the way. Result, the result <laughs> of an apparent effort to avoid a single moment of crushing disappointment. One Dallas resident pointed out that no parade permits had been obtained for the parade of dead celebrities that was supposed to follow on Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> One of the live stream's hosts shot back that followers needed to show more faith, pointing out how lonely so many of them had been before latching on to QAnon. That is another uh, very relevant aspect of this phenomenon. This group of people that have been following QAnon disparately, totally separate from one another, just yeah. interacting with each other online, forming what are, you know, what are commonly referred to as parasocial relationships, you know, basically right. social relationships that don't involve a deep level of intimacy that comes with spending physical time with other people. Right. They've been, you know, you can imagine the scenario where somebody has been getting ginned up over the past couple of years, you know, since... Uh, the Q figure started posting things and activities started, you know, started escalating online. They've been getting more and more worked up over the past couple of years. And they've been telling their people in their in their personal lives about the things that they've been learning online, things that they feel that in one way or another are dramatic discoveries, things that they, yeah. they think are hidden from other people, secret knowledge. And that's a really key element, you know, and in, in regards to the, the the like I think understanding this is that well it, it's the formation of a worldview from these disparate artifacts of information and that's exactly what it is it it is but the that a key component of that worldview is the secret knowledge this idea that there has been something that has been kept from us something that's been concealed purposefully and that there are some select people that have discovered the reality underneath the veil, basically. Yeah. And those people are spreading the word to other people. I, I have a hard time not noticing the parallels with the formation of every sort of, of every sort of evangelical-based religion. And this, also cults. There's no difference. I mean, kind of one of the same, but, I, but to be even more specific... I mean, I don't think that there's any difference, really, between a cult and a religion. I, I, I'm sure lots of people who like religions and don't like cults would disagree with that. But I don't think that there's really any distinction between a cult and a religion other than that, other than the number of followers that the particular group has. If, if you're if, listening to this recording right now, uh, and it's several years into the future in our dystopian fascist uh, Christian theocracy, uh, we are, in fact, both... Christians of whichever denomination has won out, and uh, we're merely making speculation in a satirical way. If that horror show of a future ever came out, <laughs> and these these recordings were were brought up as as some sort of a threat and some kind of Christo fascist struggle session, then I would definitely <laughs> I would definitely not make it. I, I, I would not make it. You know what struggle sessions are, right? Uh, no, I, I thought you were just being um, having a nice flourish of language. Str struggle sessions were a big part of the Cultural Revolution in China, and uh, when Mao oh, was taking over, 
the yeah, great so they would forward. basically they drag a college professor in there and say, you were teaching this to your students and a bunch of his students would be up there. And and it would be a very threatening kind of situation with some torture going on, but it would uh, it would occasionally I think some of these actually took place in front of an audience as well, like there'd be it'd be like on a stage in front of like a bunch of people watching on looking, yeah, and, and so they would be challenged to account for themselves for why they taught these things or why they were you know they held these particular beliefs or wrote those books or something like that. So this is all evidence for some future struggle session court. Which, uh, quick side note, related to what this we're is going all a to be side discussing. Note. This is all a side note. <laughs> Relative to what we're going to be discussing, uh, the topics of self-help and all the rest of it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hold on to it. <laughs> have a, No, 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 no. This, this is good. Uh-huh. Have a lot to do with. Or at least they, they, they go hand in hand with multi-level marketing schemes. See, this drags me out of the news story, though. Wait, wait, wait. And uh, and every time I hear MLM. Nobody said MLM except for you. I think of Marxism, Leninism, Maoism. And I can't not do that. You can't. Anyway, that's how it's related. You, you just cannot tell me that that had anything to do with what I was talking about. <laughs> that had nothing to do with it. I think we were talking about ADHD earlier. Everybody, everybody listening has <laughs> has a deep understanding of what I'm dealing with here. <laughs> Some of them were home alone, feeling lonely. She said they had nobody there. We've heard these stories for months about people, people feeling alone, having nobody they can talk to, and now you have what a thousand people in Dallas, and it's true. Right now, I think the numbers are closer to the 100 to 200 range. Yeah. But at, at, I think at its max, it was about 1,000 people or so. That's pretty – I mean, that's surprisingly larger than I would expect. Suddenly, another woman cut her off. I just can't wait to see Kobe Bryant, the new woman said. A list of returning celebrities grew long, coming to include not just the Kennedys, Bryant, and Williams, but also actress Debbie Reynolds and race car driver Dale Earnhardt. Yes, there's been a rapper here, but we're not sure of his name, said one man live streaming from Dallas. Tupac, maybe, said one helpful (laughs) listener. As 12.30 p.m. approached, the hundreds of people gathered at the Kennedy assassination site in Dealey Plaza began to chant, God bless America and JFK. The chanting dwindled after the Kennedys failed to appear. An hour later, the crowd had dwindled to roughly a few dozen people standing in the rain. This all sounds like the ghosts of conspiracies past. It does. And it would be just sort of... I mean, Elvis is the only member list uh, not mentioned here. You know, or, you know, Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and, you know, like... And it would be. It would be something that would just be easy to completely dismiss. If it wasn't for the type of stuff that this guy, Michael Prostner, has been saying... And if it wasn't for the way that this entire um, de facto organization has been coalescing around him, there's a a person who goes by the name of um, 2021 Karma on Twitter. She has been diligently joining in on any live streams or group online group conversations that she can involving this group. 
there's an absolutely wonderful coverage of all of this material and to a much greater depth than what we're doing here right now on episode 168 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's a it's a very thorough overview of the current state of the group. Their audience largely goes that I think I might have listened to that one. Their their audience already largely un- knows who this group is, so they don't go into a lot of the backstory. They're speaking much more about the current goings on. Yeah. 2021 Karma has been speaking directly to group members. So this isn't just somebody who's cruising around on social media and collecting screenshots of people's tweets and posts on Facebook. This is somebody who's actually, you know, who's actually been speaking to people. They also have a uh, they have an interview with a with a nurse who is the sister of someone who is currently present in this group in Dallas. That's also a, an incredibly sad, <laughs> just just yeah. sad conversation. Not just the circumstances are sad. It is a it is sad to put faces and names with people to hear from family members who are worried about their loved ones and wondering what's going to be happening to them. All of this becomes even more significant considering recent developments and some of the comments of this that Michael Prossman has been making, Negative 48, has been making to his group of people. He, he's made these specific references to terms like the last dance and the ball you know, saying things like, you're all not just going to the inauguration, you're going to the ball. And people are donating money to us because we don't have the right clothes to wear. We need suits and gowns for the ball. He hasn't really described what any of these things are. We could just dismiss it all. We absolutely could dismiss it all. We could also dismiss the mass suicide of Heaven's Gate as the same sort of kooky behavior. Yeah, I was just going to say, this sounds like some fucking Jonestown shit. I don't think that we should dismiss it. We should be paying attention to this. And I think that if people have loved ones there, then there is good cause to worry about them. They're getting up to something that is on par with going down the river to see Colonel Kurtz, where he's set up his own little kingdom and waging his own little war in the middle of the jungle and inside of, you know, in Cambodia. This is not so far removed from what Michael Prossman has been doing in Dallas. Yeah. Now we're gonna we're gonna hear a clip of what one of these con- one of these online conversations sounds like. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome! Before we start the conversation up, we're gonna give a couple minutes for everything to settle in. We got five thousand jumped on already. Not that it matters about the numbers, but we definitely want people to hear the truth. Wouldn't you say that'd be correct, negative? Well, yeah, that's what it's all about. That's one side of that sword. The other side is justice. And once we get truth, we can then get justice. And it won't be justice for just us. That's what they were able to say. Right. And it's all a work in progress, really, everything we're learning. You know, it's just little pieces that we're all as patriots putting together to build this story of truth. So it's definitely a process for all of us. Absolutely. It's a a huge learning curve for those of us that um, 
didn't know things the Jesus bloodline like we talked about. I knew of it. I've had my spiritual parents speak of the importance of um, uh, the her- you know the heritage in the Bible and and you know w- which people were with which people and who came from who and the bloodline basically. And I never knew the extent of the reason why. Well, and that's what we're learning. Hopefully, most of your viewers uh, have seen the Jesus Strand. Uh, now I'm beginning to learn, and I can put the yeah. whole picture together. You can connect the dots for all of us for whatever so this audio we're raised coming with. in and it's out. All making it's sense. from the video, not us. Um, I wanted to start, if I may, Mike, with uh, a post that I found in my screenshots that have been there for about a year and a half. It's from July the 3rd, 2020, and it's from Vincent Fusca. And he said in this particular post, queenly queries quelled as quest quickens, ordination of power relents, yet do they repent. Holy grail restored. And while in for much more, trust controls money and claim of the land. Old treaties dissolved for new ones resolved. What will it mean for us and Uncle Sam? And seeing that a year later after doing the Jesus Strand, that one line that says, Holy Grail Restored, coming directly from Vincent Fusca, who we know is JFK Jr., just confirmed all the work that we put into the Jesus Strand and that the Holy Grail being restored is one of the key elements of the Great Awakening. And uh, there you go. She just said it. So Vincent Fusca is one of the people who are are, is believed to be actually JFK Jr. in disguise. You listen to the way that that this is written and it is not clear that it's meant to have this sort of air. These are people just riffing. I think so, too. But I but I'm saying connecting it to to how cults typically operate. I mean, just the fucking standard cult playbook mm-hmm. um, is is you have to have this this air of mystery of of spooky language. And and that's that's what it's all about is is strange, spooky, mysterious language. I, I think the spooky language is is an aspect of the secret knowledge still. This is all revealed knowledge. This is a secret that I've discovered and you wouldn't understand it. And I can't use regular words to describe it. So like you say, like I, I have to use this spooky language. And that's the only way I can I can describe it because regular language doesn't cover it. And, and it gives it this air of profundity. It does. With the license plate on the Lincoln. The day it was shot, it was uh, GG three hundred. So this is G negative forty eight talking G7, right now. Christ is seventy seven, but three hundred spelt out comes to number one. I'm going to give you two of them. One, I'm going to die, but I will be avenged. Three hundred. The Holy Grail, excuse me, the Holy Blood, and the Holy Grail three hundred. Right there on the license plate. And you, if you spell out these, we all know that three times three times three is, is 27 JFK. Now, 
it's GG, which is seven and seven, which is uh, Christ is 77. And then you have the 300. And th if you spell these words out, every word I'm going to tell you, spell out. Three times three times three equals 300. But three times three times three is 27. JFK. It says Christ JFK right on the license plate. It says wow. four dark days. Four dark days. It says um, seven and seven is 14. G and G is seven and seven. That's 14. Then you have the three. Now, 14 and three is 17 Q. But 143 is four dark days. And I have said the JFK was gone for exactly four days. JFK came back on 1126-1963-124, a new beginning 124. JFK came back on 1126-1963-129. So he was shot at 1229 in Dallas, but he's now physically, four days later, he's on the East Coast where the Osiris dick clock, penis clock is, the Washington Monument. So that's Osiris's timepiece. That's his penis. Osiris death god's number 17. That's why Apprentice is 107. When Trump says, you're, uh, Apprentice, you're fired, he was saying, Osiris, you're fired. Okay? So if you think he's a reality TV star, you, are, you have not been paying attention to what's just gone on in the last six years with what he said and what he's done. So anyway, um, so now we got to get back to where I was on track. Uh, oh, yeah. So, JFK came back on 1126-1963-129-136, Great Awakening 136. There's more. JFK came back on 1126-1963-129 p.m. 165 resurrection 165 so far we have a new beginning great awakening resurrection now we're going to go for the last one because we're going to put eastern standard time on the end jfk came back on 1126-1963-129 p.m est 209 now 209 uh just like uh, 165, you think, well, you didn't, you didn't do anything with 165. How can we, uh, and you didn't do anything with 124. You didn't do it with 136. Well, I can. 124, you can make it 34. One and two is 34. 34 is grace. You can take uh, 136 and one and three is, is four. That's 46. The best, best is 46. The best is yet to come, 228. The best Kennedy to come 228. I'm on a mission from God 228. So then you have the um, the 165. Well, yeah, you can make it quite a few different things. You can add the one and the six, make it 75. Magic wand 75. Trump said um, Obama. He's on the campaign trail. He says Obama said we're going to need a magic wand to create manufacturing jobs. He goes, I guess we have a magic wand 220. American badass president 220. So, uh, magic wand is 75. Um, 
uh, yeah, we got a magic wand, all right. So then you have you have one six five. But see, sixteen and five is twenty one. Twenty one spelled out is Mr. President. When Trump said on ten five seventeen, and that's the day of the airplane crash. One oh five and seventeen is one twenty two. Junior's plane crash. One oh five is American Dream. Seventeen is Q. On ten five seventeen, twenty three days. Anytime two or more gather, I am there. Twenty three days before. Uh, Q started posting on 1028. He said, with all those military generals on his left, all those military generals on his right, when he said, maybe what you're looking at is the calm before the storm. On the third time, he finally answered him. He made him say it three times because you have to maximize the spell. You got to do it times three. So he said, what storm, Mr. President? Trump goes, you'll find out, 174. Trust the plan, 174. So they said, what storm, Mr. President? Mr. President, 141. I, I, I felt like I was having a fucking stroke listening to this guy. Here's the thing. Uh, because of my name, and because when I'm speaking to somebody on, on the phone, uh, I will often make a reference to Jules Verne, I wanted so badly to like Jules Verne's works. But Jules Verne is such a fucking bad writer. And this guy talking reminds me of Jules Verne so fucking much. This paid by the word, listing off things kind of writing that has nothing to do with anything. It's just this fanciful fiction, but you just add numbers, just string together words and specifically string together numbers. Either you've got a Jules Verne novel or whatever the fuck this is. It's so bad. It is hard to listen to that and not think that that guy had a psychotic break at some point recently. Yeah. It's it's easy to, I mean, I'm not criticizing anybody who just looks at that kind of stuff or listens to it and just makes fun of it. Because it's easy to. It's, it's There's lots of good material there. Yeah. I just keep thinking that there is something really wrong with that guy. You could see the other guy who kept turning his camera on and off, the one that was hosting this call. Yeah. He was just eating it up, absolutely nodding along and just absolutely dumbfounded. I can't imagine that that guy understood what he was hearing any more than I did. It was gibberish. I know that there's no content there. I know that it's gibberish. I know that there's no significance between some value of a letter and the addition of all of the the letters in a word together and then the sentences and then combining these things. We can pick apart many things. It's like shooting fish in a fucking barrel with this. He was just mentioning things out of nowhere. There was no context for the things that he was saying. He was he was saying a string of words and then he starts mentioning numbers. But there's no context for what phrase he's talking about or where it occurs that he's doing this numerology. At the very least, I, I would expect, not that I necessarily expect anything from this, but I would, I, I'm searching for in these things that he's saying, I'm searching for some context of what the fuck he's talking about. He, he does that a little bit. So a little bit, he says, well, the license plate on JFK's car, I don't know if that, I'm, I'm almost intrigued to know if that's what the license plate even said. Does it even matter what the license plate it was? It doesn't even matter. But but the point that I'm getting at is that you have the license plate and then he says, oh, well, there's these letters and these numbers and then these letters and these numbers mean this. 
he starts off with a reference point, but the whole rest of it, he's just stringing together words and then following them with numbers, but there's no context for the things that he's saying. It doesn't make any, I mean, not that it would make sense otherwise, but there's no context to it. It's just random strings of words and numbers. So I, I think you're you're struggling with uh, with the idea that there should be some sort of context, and that's the thing that's missing. Like, he's trying to do some sort of divination from the words. That's exactly what gematria is. I don't know where he's getting these words that he's dividing. That, I mean, that's like, that's the definition of what it is. That's the definition yeah. of those things. That's what's just making me so mystified, even with the backwards logic of this divination, is where is he getting the words that he's divining in the first place? He's just saying a bunch of fucking phrases. Julian, it's psychosis, I think. Oh, right. <laughs> I think that's where the words are coming from. So here's some comments beneath, between, underneath this video. And, and for anybody who, who listens to this and thinks like, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, some fringe shit. In a sense, it is in the larger scheme of things. And, you know, in a, in a world of seven and a half or, you know, 7.6 billion people, it is fringe. But this, that particular clip came from a YouTube video with 118,000 views and 7.4 thousand likes. This is from the over 1,000 comments to that video. It was just posted on September 7th, so it's not like it's been up forever. Interestingly enough, it was posted by a marketing company, which really deserves some more attention, but I'm not going to get into that right now. So this one said, it's just so amazing how this has all been planned out, period. That's the end of the statement. Uh, another one said, great show. The message is getting out now. Law and order and justice at last. The world is ours. Not negative, just factual info. Negative 48 speaks softly, so I must turn up the volume. Then Mike comes on loud and hurts my ears. I can't be only... Oh, okay. So that's just somebody with a... That's just boomer YouTube problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have complaints about your mixing. Yep. <laughs> Praying mightily, let's go and take evilness down. I can't believe how so much of this makes people speechless. Everyone just goes silent. So exciting. God is so proud of all the patriots. God's love is perfect. Only faith in our and our almighty God is perfect. We are all one, love, faith, and hope for a beautiful future. I mean, I think it makes people speechless because they're being confronted with insanity. I love you guys. Thank you. God bless and protect you and your family. Can't wait for the reveal. So the reveal is a reference to something actually coming true, like some prediction actually happening. Nothing has ever happened in any of these predictions. <laughs> so No way. And also the the language of the reveal is um is specific as well because it, it there is a, this theatrical element of the thing and that's something that's really not to, not to make a QAnon joke it's baked into it so people who like back in the day who were like receiving Q drops they would they and, and trying to interpret them they were referred to as bakers <laughs> yeah so that, that's that's some that's some inside baseball joking right there. But something that is baked into it is this idea that all of this is like a movie. All of the things that we're witnessing, all of the stuff that goes on with the Biden's inauguration or the January 6th insurrection or whatever, court cases, 
whatever whatever it is that that somebody like fancies to talk about, it is all part of this illusion. They compare it to watching a movie that we're all just watching a movie that none of this none of the stuff that happens is any is bad. It's just part of the movie. So when this commenter on YouTube says can't wait for the reveal, they're using movie language to talk about reality. It just shows this sort of like this layer of disconnect from the world that this crowd is operating in versus what we consider to be something closer to a consensus reality. I, I can't help but think of uh, Guy Debord and the Society of the Spectacle. I mean, I, I know I bring it up every fucking podcast, but it keeps being relevant. The representation of the thing itself becomes more real than the real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and where the theatrics and, and the, the images that are this fantastical world become the reality itself. Not just a worldview, not just icing on top of the cake, but meaning and sense and significance in itself is the spectacle. And I see this psychosis manifested as, as worldview as yet another example of this spectacle blurring the lines of a reality that you can touch and and this this fantastic fairy tale the closer it gets to the fairy tale the more real it seems to the to the audience because their reality is the fucking fairy tale so they're mm-hmm. using these theatrical terms they're using these terms that are rooted in in film and and script writing and so on and so forth because of course they are their reality is already so disney-like and fantastic not even to speak of the superstitions we're, we're just talking about their fucking grip on reality is so bedded in this action adventure narrative that of course they're using the language of movies because their reality is a movie and that's more real to them than than the fucking green grass outside absolutely Here's somebody, you know, from uh, another commenter. So after reading the gematria, or so after reading the comments, most of the people that are reacting in or with fear are, or claiming 48 is a rambling madman do not understand gematria. It is quite simple to anyone out there that doesn't understand. A equals 1, Z equals 26. When negative 48 compares two phrases using the same number, he is simply saying that both simply saying both phrases, though otherwise not connected, both add up to the same number. This pattern repeats itself over and over and over within our language. Before you dismiss it, learn about it. God is a lot more than pages in a book, my friends. Ironic to read the comments calling people seeking the truth lost. It is okay to question everything, everything's in all caps. We must all stick together, patriots. I know it's been a long ride to get to this point even, but united we will beat the corrupt. We have to raise our frequency. No good person left behind. So frequency is is a very, like, an, a modified version of positive thinking. Yeah. I'm praying all us good people get out of here together. Trust in God and no fear. Bless all y'all. Remember to help good people that are still asleep. This sort of worldview is, as you brought up earlier, particular to this group, this this small group. But as you pointed out earlier, it's not just isolated to them. It's small uh, in person. The in-person crowd is relatively small. 
But I, I think the thing to keep in mind when we, you know, before anybody wants to dismiss this smallish sized group that has gathered outside of Dallas or in Dallas, some of them are staying at the Hyatt. That video, that one video that wasn't even posted by the group itself has 118,000 views. Okay, maybe there's a lot of onlookers, people are just checking it out, but it still had seven, over 7,000 likes. Imagine the person who comes across this and just keeps nodding. Like, this is exactly the thing that I've been looking for. Yeah. You know, I can't believe somebody's finally telling the truth. This guy really knows. Well, what I was getting at is that the the way that these various tiny foci have a, I think, more significant impact is the ripples that radiate out from their splashes. Yeah, maybe there's only a certain quantity of people in Dallas at the moment from this crowd, or there's a certain quantity of people who watched that particular video. But there are multiple foci for these ideas radiating outwards into the rest of the culture. By the time that some of these things make their way to the general population, they are transformed in such a way that the source doesn't seem so wild and crazy and ridiculous, where it's very easy for, for us to dismiss the raw thing. Give it a few iterations outwards, and a fragment of this idea is making its way to Lindsey Graham making a speech. This is really the poison, in my view. It's not necessarily the raw article and the people directly participating in it. It's that you get a few steps away and, you, and you're not able to see the source of the influence, for as ridiculous as it fucking is. And it gets embedded with stuff that seem a little more, more mainstream, and then all of a sudden this shit is radiating outwards with much more intensity, only as it gets watered down. That's exactly the kind of thing that, that keeps me interested in, this, in these topics. And in following the goings-on of Negative 48 in Dallas or some fringe Telegram channel or something like that, it's exactly that same interest. I've seen this pattern play out a couple of times now, just in the past few months, where something relatively small and fringe and off in the corner turns out to be something that has an influence much, much larger than you would have ever suspected. I remember maybe a year and a half ago, and I wasn't even the first, nearly, not even close to being the first one. But I remember talking to people about some of this QAnon shit. I remember mostly blank stares. Like, people had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, no. Yeah. It's like, there's this shit going on. There's Facebook groups. This is all before COVID. It was all before the pandemic. Yeah. People are talking about this crazy shit. It really just seemed like it had it had a certain something to it that made it seem like it could get bigger than it was currently at the time. It seemed like it have it could have a larger than than expected impact on the world in some way. I had no idea how. I certainly had no idea that last year or, you know, at the beginning of this year, we would have had a crowd of patriots massing at the Capitol building ready to break in and to try to stop the election from from being certified. Yeah. I certainly had no idea that that things would end up in that place. And there is a certain survivorship bias that I was following this thing and then it turned into a thing and then it looked like I was I could easily remember it as I was just onto something and I just had a sense for it. It could have very easily turned into nothing. 
But that experience has definitely colored my perception of small things turning into big things, or at least bigger things. I think that's what gives me a lot of pause about this group in Dallas right now. There's 100 to 200 people, give or take, depending on the day or the week, that have been sticking it out. Yeah, it's only a couple of weeks in. They didn't get there until just before November 22nd. It's only December 1st as we're recording this. That said, they're still there. The thing that's keeping them there is crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams, Prince, Richard Pryor. What the hell and, ties all and these, these people together? And these things don't even have to do with what, – what do they even have to do with it? I have no idea other than that basically like there is no such thing as a legitimate death when it comes to a celebrity. Nobody just dies. Nobody yeah. nobody gets killed. Nobody commits suicide. It's always some sort of sordid affair that involves like them escaping from the deep state or them escaping from the white hats who are supposed to be the good guys and then somehow redeeming themselves and then coming back and, you know, reintegrating to society after they've been, I don't know, I guess, re-educated. I have no idea. Because the general consensus with QAnon is that Hollywood is composed of essentially pedophiles. So yeah. I don't know why Richard Pryor would be somehow exempt from that crowd or Robin Williams or anybody else who's died simply because they died. And not that I expect ideological consistency from this crowd. Another thing that is just so wild to me about this is that it's this right-wing reactionary Republican, we love Ronald Reagan fucking crowd. They don't even, that's not even that crowd though. That's not even who they are. That's, they're not a Ronald Reagan crowd. They're a Trump crowd. Most of them could give a shit about- Actually, you're correct. That's an important, that's an important point. The Ronald Reagan crowd was a previous- They're a Trump and JFK crowd. So put those two together. If we want to try to have any kind of an understanding of what these people are doing and what's driving them, we have to be able to put at least those two elements together, that they are fascinated with JFK and Donald Trump. They hold both of these figures in very, very high esteem. So how does that work? How That's does what it, I'm how saying. Do, That's what's so does, wild to me. How does one of the most liberal presidents the United States saw since FDR hold equal ground with Donald Trump? But he does. And that's the important thing is that it's not to just hang out in that area of disbelief. It's to acknowledge, okay, what, however I'm going to picture this, both of these people have to be there. And Richard One of Pryor, these things is not like the other. <laughs> but, but to them, they both fit though. Yeah, that's the thing is is we're trying we're trying to see the pattern between these two. I'm not I'm not trying to see the pattern between these two. I'm simply trying to expand the picture that I have so that it includes both of them. Well well that's what I'm getting at is that if if you're if you're trying to look at it from the model or, or the pattern of ideology, it doesn't make sense. They don't have an ideology. That's what I'm saying. That's that's I mean that's what I was getting at before is that, you know, if these people I, I perhaps phrased it poorly earlier when I was making the comparison with Ronald Reagan, but I'm saying too, too many rhetorical devices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, to bring it back a little bit, I would even say that my earlier visual metaphor of of the ripples in the pond applies here again. Yeah. A really tiny pebble drops in there, but the diameter, the size of the waves, or at least the ripples that are coming out from it, are way larger than that little pebble that goes in there. 
I think that that is important to apply to this, where as the waves go out, they diminish in their intensity. In this same way, the farther out they go and the more distant they are from the source, the harder it is to see where it came from. But nevertheless, you see the impact. And I think that that's what we're seeing here. I I agree. I I think to... To add at least what I think of as a, as a necessary amount of complexity to that model so that it matches reality a little bit more closely, we have to imagine millions and millions and millions of stones hitting water and all of those ripples interacting with one another. Yeah. And in some cases, magnifying one another and in some cases, diminishing one another and canceling each other out. And then I think we can have an approximation of how things work in the world, how influences propagate in the world. These things go out into the world, these ideas, the idea, not so much something extreme like JFK is going to return from the dead or from an island or where some hiding place or something like that, but that the election was stolen. How about that? That's that's a, that's sort of a, you know, like a, a commonplace piece of fiction that we have going on right now, that the election was stolen and Donald Trump should be the president. He should have been reelected. And that's some pretty material stuff. Were it not for the theft of the election, he would be president again. So we have this piece of fiction, and that's being pushed hard by people. Even now, figures like Mike Lindell, they may have slowed down somewhat, but they haven't given up the fight on that. They haven't conceded the position. They've just maybe gotten tired. Mike Lindell just get, did some sort of like a 72-hour or a 96-hour thanks-a-thon, whatever that means. I mean, I guess he's trying to raise money. I'm not sure. I didn't watch it. But he's still pushing this election theft narrative that that Trump initially put out. This idea. So Trump sends out this idea. Now we have an especially strong stone when, or large stone when it comes to Donald Trump. Makes a big splash. It, the ripples go very far away from the source. It catches up other people. But then you have Mike Lindell throwing his own stones. And you have everybody who's listening to him. And Mike Lindell goes on the Jim Baker show and spouts the same stuff to them. Then he goes on to Newsmax and spouts the same stuff there. And so we have this echoing effect. And then you have the host and whatever the programming on the network is talking about that stuff. And we have these things interacting with each other. So, you know, Trump isn't an especially religious figure, but but Mike Lindell is. And when he goes on religious networks and talks about the how the election was stolen, then now you have you have this kind of blend of this election theft with this sort of Christian underdog narrative that's been going on for decades. Those two go together. They can fit together. You know, yeah. the Republican guy was robbed. Again, the underdog narrative, forces of darkness, that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it becomes difficult to see how things get a certain way. I mean, I, I'm 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 rephrasing and sort of, you know, and adding my own flavor to exactly the same thing you just said. But it's only because I agree with it so much, at least in my own way. It is hard to see how things get the way that they are. And I think that it's really, really important to try to keep tabs on it. Well, that's I think that's exactly the point is when when you see the splash, you can evaluate. You can say, here's how big the stone was and you can measure it. You can weigh it. Maybe we're getting a little bit too abstract for this visual metaphor, but but the point being that when you you see the thing, when you when you when you see the thing for what it is, when you see the thing at the source. So, for in 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 what brought up this this example, uh, where we're talking about the uh, uh, people showing up in Dallas, 
we can look at it and we can listen to these people who are saying this straight from the horse's mouth. And we listen to them and we say, oh, <laughs> this person is just off their fucking rocker. And it's very clear. And, and you, you, can, you can evaluate it in its entirety. When that influences one thing and then influences another thing and then influences another thing, and it gets so many steps removed that you don't see that, as I mentioned earlier, some speech that maybe Lindsey Graham is making or, you know, pick a senator or some other influencer that was influenced by something else that was influenced by something else that was influenced by something else. You're less capable of weighing the thing that's being presented for what it is because what it is is influenced by all these other things. And without those yeah. things present, it's hard to really measure it in a meaningful way and, and to and to understand what it is that you're looking at because it's so many steps removed from the source. It becomes almost hopeless to try to figure out where things came from. And we end up with just this knot of confusion when it comes to understanding the world that we're looking at. Nothing makes any sense. Yeah. By by the time it's it's in the press release, it's just this empty gibberish, but it yep. has a definite source. And that definite source, at least relative to the gibberish that you're seeing at the, you know, at the end of it, makes its own, it makes sense in its own logic. Not that it makes sense, but in its own logic, the source makes sense typically. Right. But if you don't know what the source was, then it's hard to make any sense out of it. You're just left with this blank spot that I know something needs to go here, but I'm not quite sure what fits. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a uh, here's a couple of more clips. Uh, these were uh, these were uh, captures from a live stream that took place recently with Negative 48 and some other members of, I don't know, his his inner circle maybe you recognize the same guy on the I bottom right i recognize the guy at the bottom left right bottom right yeah he's the same guy uh he's the one that goes by the uh by the name mike and i'm not sure what his do, uh do we get to see negatives face yeah you do he's actually the guy on the bottom left uh with the gray hair huh yeah so we're gonna listen to this one here where we talk about how they're uh their channels are getting kicked off of uh, are getting uh, uh, kicked off of YouTube. Um, on our YouTube channel, um, this is the backup channel. Um, during the show tonight as well, they um, just took down. Uh, I don't know if you saw. I did a little video with um, John. The F. guy talking as Charlie Freaks. Um, He's up on the top right. Society speech. This is a speech to the to the News Writer Association of America and basically telling them I need you to work with me to tell the truth. So that's all I did. It, it's just Kennedy's speech. I just put um, I just put um, uh, words to it, and um, and that just got that just got taken down and as a strike given. And then this show was just taken down and a strike given. So in the blink of an eye. This this backup channel now has um, two strikes. Yeah, has has two strikes, and uh, I'm sure it'll be gone by tomorrow. Yeah, not uh, not wasting any time, that's for sure. So you can see at the bottom of that on the la the last frame there the 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 calculation of the term croissant and mouth that it equals two hundred eighteen. I I mean, <laughs> come on, what are we getting out of this? <laughs> All right, here's here's the next one. 
So this is where negative 48 is talking about the, um, his belief that Eminem and Mike Pence are either related or the same person. Looks like he looks like Mike Pence. Interesting. So, you know, pull up a picture of uh, Eminem when he's got the blonde hair and Mike Pence and boom, boom, you know, out go the lights. <laughs> wanting to ask you um are you related to um kevin costner are you related to kevin costner no in no way shape or form i don't know anybody famous oh there here you go that's looking pretty good they're very close <laughs> so so we're seeing a side by side of mike pence and eminem and he's just a <laughs> you know, i mean why would he be really There's a slight resemblance, but honestly, they don't look that again? much alike. On a major level, I think so. Look at that hairline. Yeah, and there's there's no doubt that Junior Junior played Pence on numerous numerous occasions because there's numerous occasions that um, that that Pence didn't even look human um, while while he was in public with Trump. <laughs> so they they've had a lot of they've had a lot of fun with pence i love that i want one <laughs> <laughs> i love that numerous occasions where pence didn't even look human i i, I was saying that i mean for that's the an accurate assessment years. if i'm being perfectly honest <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to hear about the belief that Kyle Rittenhouse, recently freed killer, cleared of all wrongdoing, cleared, uh, cleared for, of all for two killings that charges, he is, he is responsible including the for. two murders that he committed. Um, they were ruled self-defense. But we're going to find out that he is actually one of the Sandy Hook victims. I never knew that. Including the judges and the prosecutors. <laughs> Exactly. Absolutely. Mainly, mainly. Yeah. The whole the whole system is, you know, being exposed. Um, trust the plan 174, just Lane Maxwell 174. So it's it's part of the plan. It's it'll expose all these actors like in that uh, uh, Noah Posner uh, trial we just had. That was Noah Posner from uh, Sandy Hook Elementary. That Rit Rittenhouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no opposing. Um, and we're trying to find out who the parents are. Who are the real parents of Noah Posner? And he had a twin sister who just um, had a birthday, which means he just had a birthday like two days ago. It was the day after the verdict or something like that. Um, if we can find out that, it would be uh, quite interesting. Never. Yeah, and then you then you got the whole election stuff that that's that's continuing to, oh to come out as well so all all of this is just yeah i i think that these clips are i mean yeah you could accuse me of cherry picking these they were really just chosen relatively at random these things that i found for what it's worth they're you were picking them in sequential order <laughs> uh I, I didn't really have an agenda i was just looking for a couple of live stream clips of negative 48 talking with some other people what I came up came across 
just consistently reinforces that same damn point that it is all just word salad. It is all this sort of loose association, just kind of rambling. I think of like this, you know, this episode of The Office where Michael Scott reveals that he just starts talking sometimes and he doesn't know where it's going to end. So he just keeps going. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Like an improv conversation. An improvisation. This is going to sound sort of high maintenance, but could we have it like three degrees cooler in here? I always think better when it's cooler. <laughs> this guy, I don't know who he is, but he's in the same room with negative 48 and that bottom left panel of the, uh, of the screen. He makes this comment, you've got this continuing election stuff, and that's all just starting to come out as well. What does that fucking mean? What is he talking about? This is really a common feature, and I, I'm not just trying to like to pick on him or anything like that, other than just using him as an example of what I'm seeing in a lot of different areas with these videos. People, they just start rambling. What is he talking about when he says oh, that election stuff? is all starting to come out as well. I've heard very fucking similar phrases so many times from these crowds. And see, I have too, but I've also heard similar phrases from just people in my life. You know, people who just talk. I mean, we just had Thanksgiving. That's a lot of mixing with people I don't normally mix with. You know, nobody I mixed with was, was you know, a QAnon supporter, <laughs> let alone somebody who is sympathetic with Negative 48. There is still that kind of thinking that they just start saying things and somehow they wind up with some kind of end point where they feel like they've made a point maybe and then they move on. Uh, <laughs> I was I was with some people the other day. They're riffing till something lands. It was, you know, th this one guy started talking and I swear to God, I think he must have talked for four or five minutes and nobody said, nobody else said a single word. And there was about four of us there. Nobody else said a single word. And I don't think that dude even knew that nobody had said anything. He, I think he just got tired and stopped talking. I, I, don't, I don't think he had any idea at all that nobody else had said anything the entire time. <laughs> With this group of people, I think we're seeing a, a, a dramatic sort of exaggerated version of that trait of, you know, that Michael Scott's trait of... Just starting somewhere and going until you feel like you're done. And that's the end of your statement. You start stringing these things together and all of a sudden you have something that resembles this cobbled together belief system. As we were pointing out before, with this group, the significance is not necessarily just in the core participants but the effects that these ideas have as they radiate outwards. But I think also what we're able to observe with this group is such an exaggerated version of the neuroses that we're observing in all sorts of other influences and everyday life and politics and, and uh, culture that go way more under the radar yeah. because they're not so ridiculous out of the gate. Yeah. What are what are some examples of the like the not so ridiculous that you're thinking of? This is easy to observe because it's so ridiculous out of the gate. To p pick a broader example first, and then a more specific mm -hmm. example second. The broader example would be what we mentioned earlier: the difference between a cult and a religion. The religion has had time to refine its 
messaging and indoctrination. So uh, it, it, it comes off as palatable only because people are familiar with it. Whereas a cult utilizing a lot of the same practices and having the same sets of superstitions and nonsense uh, simply has fewer people and hasn't been around long enough to be refined enough to go down digestibly. But it's the same thing. It's, it's a set of doctrines and superstition in both cases. The difference is your, your crowd and your following. But a more specific exa example would be, uh, I, I think of, uh, for example, Joe Biden, where, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of things throughout his, uh, over four decade long career in Congress and, and the White House respectively, where he has over and over and over and over again made claims to the sort of uh, um, mythos of impoverished people are yeah. impoverished because that's that's the, you deserve what you get and 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 this sort of protestant ethic that we've talked about in in other episodes and all the rest of it which is totally wrapped up in that positive thinking stuff too. It's your own fault if you're sick because yeah, you have negative exactly. thoughts. And 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 the way that it ends up being delivered because in part it's coming from a democrat and you know the 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 branding of of the yep. democrats is that it's supposed to be you know we we care about people and we want to help the poor and all the rest of it because it's coming from a democrat we 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 see the same messaging coming out he uh, i mean in the 80s and 90s they've all he used, used the, using same the exact same points, fucking yeah. talking points yeah. as the republicans on a lot of these different subjects i mean and that's in part where i'm going with this which is that by the time that it gets to the likes of joe biden we we have the same messaging and the same ideology and the same concept that if I just said, fuck the poor, it's a little harsh and it's a little bit rough. Mm -hmm. Rough, But when you say, well, it's important that people yeah. pick themselves up by their bootstraps, it has that refinement at that end of it. And I think that that's – I use Joe Biden as an example in part because he's the president right now and in part because he spent 40 fucking years enforcing and promoting austerity measures and the drug war and the police state. And yet there's this idea that him and the Democratic Party and a number of others are uh, these these paragons of virtue for the poor or for civil rights or a number of other things. And relating to what we were talking about before, if you, if you say that in a less refined way, yeah. and, if, and if you say it how you really fucking mean it, which is that the poor, poor because they're lazy. It doesn't land, and it doesn't make any sense. But by the time you get all the way out on the edges of it, by the time you get to the press conference, the presidency, and so on and so forth, it has been so refined by so many iterations that you can't see mm -hmm. what we're talking about is the same thing. It's the same fucking ideology. It's the same message. 
And so th- that's what I'm saying is is that distance from the the source to the periphery by the time that you receive it is such a great distance that you don't see that it's the same fucking thing over and over and over and over again. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wetwired. We truly appreciate all the support and feedback that we've received so far. It means everything to us. If you want to support the show and help us stay ad-free and independent, go to patreon.com forward slash wetwired. You can also support us by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast on social. Dropped a couple of bombs then, Michael, actually, I've worked them out. So um, <clears throat> I've not heard about the General Flynn and the surfing reference, but you said surfing on Purgatory Road. Surfing is 94, John John. 29 is on. Um, uh, 141 is Purgatory. Uh, road is 38 gold. Comes to 302, which comes to 233, which is John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Plus 69, 69 is wealth. But it's also checkmate. And if General Flynn was given a 5-5 allowed for their signal, then uh, then there's that. And there's also 241, which is President John F. Kennedy. 241st day of the year is August 29th, but depending on what calendar you're on. So if you're on the uh, if you're on the um, if you're on the Gregorian calendar, that's uh, September 11th. We go back in time to the Julian calendar. That's, that's the 29th of August. Go back 13 days, yeah. And you, um, you said something. I, you, you go so far into so many numbers. I'm trying to remember back the number you said. Um, Welcome to our world, Michael. Well, I think <laughs> you said. Well, you, you know, it's, if they're saying the same word, <laughs> I get it. So you said 234, right? 233. Oh yeah, and you then said that you said 302. Plus, that's what it was. You said 302. Yeah. 302. yeah. So. On our and 241 plus 61 is 61's miracle. So that's what I was going to say with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the reason we moved our constitutional inauguration day from March 4 to 120 um, January 20th is because back in the old days when people had horses coming from Oregon and Washington, California, they didn't want to come through the winter. They gave them more time, and the, the constitutional inauguration day was March 4th. And um, we thought it was going to be this year on March 4th, but it wasn't. And then when they started flying planes in the early 30s, uh, Pan Am started flying planes. They moved it up to January 20th, which is the 20th day of the year, 20, spelled out as 107, Apprentice 107, because the devil is an apprentice, because Osiris, is, the death god, is number 17. So when Trump was firing apprentices, he wasn't firing an apprentice. He was firing Osiris, the death guy. Osiris, you're fired. Apprentice, 107, you're fired. There's going to be nothing 17. So um, you get back to uh, 302. Um, on March 4th, our constitutional inauguration day, there's 302 days left in the year. 
And Junior told Teddy that he was going to solve his dad's murder and get bring these people to justice. And Teddy said that wouldn't be good. And in the book, in, the, in George Magazine, it says, I don't care if I got to bring down the whole damn government. So destruction of government 302, 2020 vision 302. Who wants four more years 302? Trump 2020 302. So we thought for sure it was going to go down on on March 4th, the constitutional inauguration. Inauguration day, three, four is grace. March 4th, three and four, 34 is grace, or one. And 2021, 20 and 21 is 41, which is king. One king or grace king day. We, you know, but again, we we don't know. No man will know the time or the day. We are men, we don't know. And uh, we just know the numbers, what the numbers say for a specific date. We don't know which date they're going to use, but I think it's going to be on the. Um, it's going to be 9/11, but don't don't expect it to be the first 9/11. If we change the calendar, it would be 9/24, which would be 13 days after 9/11. Would be on the uh, Julian calendar because Jesus Christ's birthday isn't on the Gregorian calendar on 9/11. It is 9/11 on the Julian calendar. So on 9/24, our calendar we use today. It would actually be 9-11 on the Julian calendar and 9 times 24 is 216, which is 6 times 6 times 6, the number of man or the beast. But 216 is negative 48 if you spell it out. And that's how many days are after JFK's birthday. The 149th day of the year, which is the anointed one. And then 6 times 6 times 6, the number of man is 216. The anointed one man think near man than the anointed one you completely answered my question without me even asking it so that was great <laughs> well let's hear it liz i call it no, I
recording. You good? Yeah. All right, you got to talk so I know where to sync these things up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I need to hear you say it too. <laughs> I, I I was waiting for my turn. <laughs> it's always your turn. <laughs> That's what ADHD says. That is what ADHD says. <laughs> it's my turn to talk right now. <laughs> I, I got I got I have a piece of that too. I I actually uh, have been watching so many TikToks recently about ADHD. Because I also have... I think there's a joke in there about people with ADHD watching TikTok. No, there's no joke. There's no joke. (laughs) It is not a joke. (laughs) Um, If they don't have ADHD before they start watching it, then they soon will? No, no, there's no jokes. (laughs) There's no jokes. (laughs) Uh, I... Well, for... For uh, much of my life, I have been diagnosed with both manic depression and ADHD. And because of the two, ADHD is sort of the fucking peas and carrots to the steak. If you if you were a singer, that you'd be a triple threat. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but because that's the case, I you know I never really gave it much thought. For my whole life, I always thought of like there's the manic depression, and then. Oh, by the way, there's this other thing over here. I never really took it that seriously or, or gave it much thought. I, I thought it was sort of like a, you know, a side dish. Recently, I've been learning so much about the characteristics and behaviors and habits that go with ADHD. And uh, wow, TikTok has been so goddamn educational. But also, I am taking ADHD way more seriously than I ever have in 34 fucking years on this planet. Because, eh, wow, there's a lot of features that I do all the time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I have a, a, a scapegoat. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's better than astrology. <laughs> <laughs> Our new dating app, what are your <laughs> mental illnesses? <laughs> all right, I told you the dog was going to interrupt me. So I got to hold on for a minute. Uh-huh, <laughs> Yeah. The dog was very confused. <laughs> Got any more chat in you? Now that's it. That was it? <laughs> All right. You're just going to leave me cold here, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs>